Hey guys, welcome to Bono Stuff, and I'm excited to bring to you this episode with guest Matthew Perry, Dr. Matthew Perry, I should say. Met him down in SoCal here. We're part of the same mastermind of uh, uncaged clinicians uh, looking to really push the envelope of what healthcare and fitness can be. He is based in a functional fitness gym down here in uh, San Diego area. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Before you get into it, I want to remind you to share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Go check out my YouTube. Also should be under Dr. Bo, uh, no stuff, and Dr. Bo Fit Care Physio. Uh, I have a newsletter I'm sending out every week, so that's going out Wednesdays. And if you want to get that for free, the idea there is uh, three points. Each one gets you 1% better, so it's the 3% better newsletter. Uh, always love getting your feedback. If you can, again, uh, rate it, uh, these, uh, podcasts in iTunes that helps us grow. So really appreciate you guys listening, taking the time. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into it with Dr. Matthew Perry. New York. Hey, unique New York. How are you? We're here with Dr. Matthew Perry, not Matthew Perry from friends. Sorry, folks. In case you got here, hoping for that. Uh, how often do you get that? Uh, just just about once a day. Just about. There's your one for the day, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? <laughs> hopefully. Um, so tell us a little about where you're at, who you are, why people should care, uh, and then, then we'll jump into it. Because <laughs> this is important stuff, y'all. Nah. <laughs> My name is Dr. Matthew Perry, owner and operator of Autoness Therapies. Uh, I'm a private physical therapist. I specialize in severe accident recovery, general rehabilitation, sports rehab, um, and persistent pain conditions. Um, you guys should care because we're talking about some interesting stuff today about pain and 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 all of that. You know, we have a very very poor relationship with it, right? Um, as as a whole, especially in America. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, man, that was good. It's like you practiced that once or twice. Nah, that little just- elevator pitch. Just just flies off the tongue now. <laughs> um, oh yeah, but I am in San Diego, California. Yes, that was my San next Diego. question. Yeah, more specifically, Scripps Ranch, um, Central San Diego area. Nice, nice, very cool. Um, and yeah, we we connected through a mastermind group, and I was able to come down there because I'm a little bit north of you, about forty minutes north. Um, so we we were able to connect. We would have done this live. But trying to be careful, uh, my wife and I are quarantining a little bit more aggressively just because we're going to see uh, her best friend who happens to be pregnant and we just want to be extra careful. We got an extra COVID test yesterday. Results, TBD, TBD. Have you gotten the vaccine? Uh, one of two. So okay, next there one you go. will be, uh, I think, next week, actually. So how about yourself? Not yet. And uh, yeah, don't know. Don't know when that's happening. But uh, we're just trying to live healthy, man. We're just trying to boost the immune system, all the other fun ways and, and avoid people. It's been good avoiding people. We don't like people most of the time. So just um, our patients. Just the patients. Exactly. If we're fixing them, we don't mind. And again, my business right now is, is 98% virtual. Um, I only see very few people in person. And uh, again, those are folks I kind of know, trust and and um, familiar with and and had some some conversations with. So, uh, yeah, the the and uh, yeah, the vaccines are a very interesting thing. We'll see how that develops over the next few weeks and months. Um, but yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's it it really is interesting, man. You know, we 
are seeing, a lot of people are seeing this vaccine as a cure-all, right? Mm -hmm, like, oh, mm -hmm. COVID's over after I get this thing. Uh -huh. Right. No. Just a tool, man. It's just a tool. And yeah, and and like and yeah, not to cut you off, but every flu season that you get, you know, the vaccine is usually like, <laughs> I mean, it might be doing something. I don't know the statistics on it, uh, but I generally avoid it because they're kind of guessing at what the next flu strain is. So, uh, and we're seeing new COVID strains develop and and things like that. So, yeah, it's uh, we we are not epidemiologists, folks. So do not completely go off of us. But if you believe in science, you know, we're happy to, to go down that path. But anyway, we're here to talk about muscles and joints and tendons and ligaments and pain. So we're going to jump into pain as our first uh, topic here. And pain being, uh, tell, tell us about pain. What do you think we, we want to talk about it being a, a normal part of the rehab process? You're coming to see us generally in that rehab process because of some pain. So yeah, tell us what you're feelings are on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, not to sugarcoat it. The reason why most people come and see a physical therapist or a movement person is because of pain, right? right. So with, with pain, we need to understand that. Uh, I, I think one of my uh, colleagues, Dr. Matthew Zanis uh, put it perfectly. It is nothing but information, right? It is nothing but an input. Okay. Sometimes that could be an accurate input, like, you know, ouch, this hurts because I've torn something. But you know, a lot of times it can be in response to just some general mechanics issues, some things, you know, your body's talking to you being like, you know, ouch, ouch, ouch. It starts getting louder and louder as you let it persist, right? Um, you know, a, a really good example is um, the Blue Angels. Uh, I know they got the Blue Angels up in LA area too, flying over, right, Bo? I'm not in LA, I'm in Dana Point. But Dana Point area. We're by Sorry. Camp Pendleton, so we get all the military things. I, there were definitely some UFOs uh, yesterday, by which I mean, I don't know what the <laughs> heck they were. I could not identify them, but they were flying objects. And I was like, oh. I thought they were like uh, paratroopers or whatever. But no, they were just kind of hanging out there. They were little, these little things. I'm wait. I didn't look on our, uh, if you've, uh, do you guys have one of those like unplugged Dana? We have Dana Point unplugged and uh, what's the other one? Next door. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Everyone's like, "Did you guys see the thing?" And like, "What's happening on this street?" And 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 like, there's usually the nosy people, and everyone just kind of wants to know what's going on. But I didn't see. Those were a little weird. I'm like, I'm, but I'm I'm 99 sure it was just something at Camp Pendleton. Uh, they were some military thing. It was weird. Or something like it was that. Weird. That is strange. But you know, the the Blue Angels. Most people know about the Blue Angels, right? right? You know, they fly over, they fly real low. You know, do their little twists and turns and stuff like that. Okay, we have our car alarms, right? Our car alarms are designed to go off if someone's breaking into our car, right? Yeah. Ideally, <laughs> they're trying to flip our car, whatever the case is. So when the Blue Angels fly over, mm. guess what? All of the car alarms go off, right. <laughs> most of them anyways, right? Is that in response to the proper stimulus? Is anyone breaking into your car? No, no. You know, so that's how I kind of like to equate pain, right? You know, it can be due to a proper stimulus or an improper stimulus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the saying that I've been going off for a while is listen to the whispers before they become yells. Um, I think that's in line with what you're saying. And and unfortunately, when we get a lot, most folks, when we get some whispers of like, oh, like I did a workout and my shoulder's a little sore or what have you, like it's very tough as a general human being to know what is too much or what is a, like you said, the proper stimulus. And like, okay, yeah, like I did a workout yesterday. I did a CrossFit workout. Um, that I hadn't done in a little while. And this morning I woke up and I, I had that observation of like, oh, okay, like I feel it. 
I'm, I'm aware that I did a workout, but it wasn't a, a, a negative, painful stimulus per se. Um, so that's, that's that difference and, and starting to understand and be able to communicate with patients. Uh, I also do some nutrition coaching and things like that. For me, similar to, I think, what we're going to talk about here is it's about creating independence in that patient. And, and this takes me to your uh, the, the statement you said the last time we, we had a little bit of a uh, recording like this when I came down and visited you was we want to put ourselves out of business, right? Um, and so tell us, tell us what that means to you and like, and, and yeah, creating that and where your name comes from of your business. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, so autonest therapies committed to your autonomy, happiness, and wellness. The whole purpose of my company is to teach, empower, and resolve, right? Uh, in order for people to get better, you need to understand really what's going on with you, right? You know, uh, both Bo and I uh, are teachers, you know, uh, first and foremost before anything else. So if we can explain to you exactly what's going on, you have a much higher likelihood, and the research I'm sure supports this, of actually following through with the program and, uh, and achieving your optimal results. Am I right in that, Bo? Yeah, so it's the the why, right? Like if you're grounded into your why and the why being, and, and this is where, again, it becomes a little more tricky to have these conversations and, and where uh, the traditional physical therapy setting, the insurance model, which we were talking about a little bit before we got on live here, uh, come. It, it's tough to, to do that in that setting where, you know, it's all about getting you out of pain much faster. And the why isn't really relevant. It's I have shoulder pain or I can't lift my arm up past 90 degrees or what have you. Um, and, and, you know, some, it's important to connect back to the why of, Hey, like I need, I want to surf. Like I'm passionate about surfing and that brings me joy. Um, and it's going to keep me physically fit. And because of this pain, I'm not able to do that. So if we have that very close connection, um, versus again, to your point of like whispers, like, well, I can go, I can still go surfing. It doesn't hurt that bad. And now we're talking about it becoming more of a, of a problem down the line that we're just, uh, the analogy I like to use there is you're driving with the emergency brake on, right? So like eventually you're going to wear down your brakes and, and your brake pads. And so that's where, again, the mechanics here, and I've heard a few people uh, talk about, you know, PTs, movement experts, like you said, being the mechanics of the body uh, where we can look at, you know, how are your brake pads? How are your wheels aligned? All that stuff. So uh, but yeah, to your, to your point is the whys. And again, you can ask five whys. So if someone comes to me and says, Hey, I want to lose 20 pounds. What's the best way to do that? Or the, fa my favorite is the fastest way to do that. I say, well, the fastest way is cut off your arm and you'll lose all the weight you want. Just to, you know, how much do you want to lose to decide where you want to cut it off? And again, I don't mean to make light of that, but, uh, people are looking for that quick fix. And, and so it's saying, well, yeah, why 20 pounds? Why not 19? Why not 21? And, and again, like, what is losing that weight really going to do for you? And if it's just a matter of like, you know, my doctor told me I'm unhealthy, like, you know, it, it seems like the right thing to do. Um, that's not as likely to get you to your goal as like, this is very important for me. When I wake up, I'm setting up my entire day. Like I'm willing to do whatever you tell me. So give me that, you know, if I, if I jump on one foot and touch my nose 17 times, like you're telling me that's going to, okay, I'm going to do it because I trust you. And like, it's that important to me that I'm willing to do what it's going to take. Unfortunately, again, uh, you know, there, there is no great blueprint laid out for most people. It's eat, eat more or sorry, eat less, exercise more is usually the, the like, we're going to go to weight loss a little bit here, but 
Um, it, it's about, again, coming back to those whys. So again, I don't know if you're familiar with the five whys in personal training and motivational interviewing, but basically, yeah, like, well, okay, tell me about your goal. You want to lose 20 pounds. So why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Uh, okay, well, you know, you want to look better naked. Okay, great. Well, why is that? You want to attract a better mate because you're single right now. Okay, well, you need more confident. Like, you, you go down this path, uh, and now we're getting into childhood trauma and things like that. So it's also important that we have these referral networks and things like that. So we said we were going to be tangential before. Here we are. <laughs> We've tangentialized. I'm very good at tangentializing, but and I like saying that word. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it's it's perfect. And very very well well said. Right. It's that extrinsic versus you know intrinsic motivation. Right. You know, why do you want to uh, why do you want to lose that weight? Oh, well, like my husband keeps keeps harping on me Why my wife keeps harping on me saying it verse, you know, hey, I truly want to be a healthier individual. Right. Right. And, and uh, I want to be there know, for that, my granddaughter's wedding or, or, you know, stuff like that, that really motivates you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, circling back, like that's that's the whole part of, of teaching someone what's going on, you know. Um, hey, you're in pain because when you when you elevate your shoulder, guess what? You shrug a lot. That causes some impingement and things like that. You know, that is the simple why. You know, all that a great American posture. That's a great American yeah. posture. <laughs> <laughs> so you you mentioned being uncomfortable or pain being a normal part of the rehab process since we were coming back to pain. So I think you were, we were talking about the car alarm analogy. So. Uh, yeah, so so I know when I work with let's say tendon rehab, uh, and I'm doing this all virtually, and I'm not there to say, oh, like that's a little too much. So I, we again we have those conversations, and I'm trying to empower the client patient on, uh, you know, what is a zero to ten, which is like the best way we have of measuring this subjective thing. And again, a seven out of ten pain for me might be very different than a seven out of ten pain for you. But at the end of the day, those are our, you know, they're equal uh, the way we think about it. So. Uh, when I'm working with them, I say, you're allowed because we're dealing with tendon pain specifically. Um, and if we've diagnosed that and or we're on the same page of understanding that we have to educate, like you said, we're teachers of saying, I don't want you to go above a five out of 10 as we go through this squat pattern. And we're going to load it in a way that if there's too much pain, if it goes above a five out of 10, that's too much. If it's a four out of 10, that's actually a good thing because we want to be able to, again, retrain the brain, get confidence, get power over that kind of stimulus, like you're saying. And uh, again, if you want to get back to squatting, which I, I get a lot of folks who do, whether it's through CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, what have you, um, and they've, again, been driving with that emergency brake on for a while, and it's time to release that emergency brake so they can get back to smooth sailing, um, we do need to have that conversation about what is normal pain. And unfortunately, we don't, it's hard to have those conversations until somebody's been through injections and through chiropractors and through other PTs and all this stuff. So yeah, so tell me, I don't know if there's uh, any parallels there on, on your philosophy or how you work with folks. Yeah, you know, absolutely. hundred percent. You know, we as, uh, you know, cash-based physical therapists, you know, end up being the end of the line for a lot of people. You know, they've been there, done that. They haven't had the proper attention or just the, not the right modalities, whatever the case is you know, to get to where, um, to, to where they need to be. So, you know, when they come to me, you know, someone who works with a lot of persistent pain, you know, we have to qualify and quantify what this pain is. Is this good pain? Is this bad pain? 
you know, because uh, someone and I have persistent back pain myself that I've been working so what, on. Hold on, what is, what is when you say good pain, are you talking about that like four out of 10, that's normal in this process? What do you mean by yeah, good yeah. pain? Yeah, so, so, you know, for instance, you, you working out feeling sore the next day, someone coming in and seeing me and we're right. working on glute pain, that kind of right. stuff, that, that's good pain. That four out of 10 exactly is, is good pain that, right. that. But I, um, to your, to your point, yeah. I don't even, I don't even like when I say sore, I specifically say soreness, because it's not pain, because it's not, you know, so I think it's important to have that distinction. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, absolutely. Um, yeah, is it is it soreness? You know, is it a little bit achy? Um, or does it hurt? Right? And if it does hurt, what type of hurt is that? You know, because that can also give us give us information. Um, the, go ahead. Yeah, up? No. I was gonna I was gonna jump in with saying a pain science, overall is is, you know, not to add confusion to this because I think we're trying to we're trying to clarify a few things but uh you know there's these pain science conferences and you have folks who are kind of all over the place on on what the science says and again research on this stuff is difficult because it's qualitative so it's not enough to say again we can measure zero to ten pain but uh it's very different than saying again yeah what we don't know what work we put needles into your arm and you were able to go 10 degrees further so we quantitative research is much easier right versus qualitative which is also why nutritional science is not great because uh, it's it's very difficult to step away from and just do observational studies so yes. when it comes to pain science though, i want to say is is it's a very you can go into any of these forums and you can have again a hundred physical therapists or or chiropractors or whatever profession and they're all arguing with each other um and it's either going to be like a 50 50 split or you're gonna have a hundred different opinions uh could go either way and so you get these camps um of of what's the right way to treat pain and at the end of the day too that's where you know we need to be out there saying this is my philosophy this is how i want to work with you and if that connects with the patient there is significant benefit to that um i'm i'm not i don't want to say i'm anti-chiropractor by any means but it's certainly frustrating for me to talk to somebody about their back pain and say well here's how i work and you know, at the end of the day, if they don't like that concept of like, oh, I'm going to do a 12 week program where I'm going to get stronger and like, you know, it's going to be these marginal gains and we're going to keep in contact. Like, because not everyone wants that. Uh, we're, they're more happy with, you know, yeah, I, I, I have my chiropractor and I go see him anytime I have a little flare up and he gives me a crack and it feels better. And, you know, it's not solving the thing, but they're not looking for a solve. They're looking, their solve is, is like, you know, okay, I'm going to pop a Tylenol every single time I have any kind of pain. Um, you know, but we, I think have seen that down the line and maybe it's 10 years down the line, maybe it's 20 years down the line that, you know, that it blows up, so to speak. And then it's like, well, do you need surgery and things like that? So, uh, you know, there's the right way to do things and then there's less or, or more risky ways to do it. Um, so anyway, I have all sorts of other tangents I, I, that takes me down, but I'll come back to yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that goes back to ouch pain. That's bad. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think uh, pharmaceutical companies do a great job here in America to, to, you know, to instill that in us. Right. Oh, do you have a little bit of a twinge somewhere? Oh, we can make that go away. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Do you have any, any kind of discomfort? Oh, take this. You know, so um, you can totally do that. But what are you doing? You are masking the pain. Right. If you're going to get, um, you know, any kind of other uh, uh, modalities, chiropractic, you know, um, acupuncture, all that kind of stuff, that is all good. 
and 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 good for you. However, what else are we doing to supplement when you're not on the table, right? right. You know, um, and so I, I know a lot of chiropractors who are, you know, kind of diving into a little bit of the the exercise stuff. I mean, hey, that's that's totally cool. But, you know, it's all about the lens of what we're doing this for. I also work with a lot of patients who also utilize chiropractors and we're part of the team. Right. You know, they go, they get their, you know, kind of neuro reset. And then I'm going now that they can move better. Now we take it to the next level, you know, right. that kind of stuff. Right. So um, it, it, it's all about, you know kind of going back to what I was saying, both quali qualifying and quantifying what is going on with them. Because right. again, the, the persistent pain thing, man, you know, um, for my back pain, or longest time before I was a physical therapist, it motivated me to get into physical therapy school mm -hmm. to help treat myself. You know, it, it was like, oh, well, like, you know, does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts the same all the time. Right. You know, well, does it actually hurt all the time? Well, no, like, you know, in the mornings. Okay. Well, now we're getting there. What kind of hurt? Oh, you know, it's like a stiffness. Oh, so it's stiffness and not really pain, mm. you know, peeling back that onion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of layers to the onion for sure. Um, and I did, I wanted to bring up that another analogy. I love my analogies of, uh, what we're talking about again, that kind of a massage can help acupuncture can help uh, chiropractor, all those different modalities can help. But to me, like you're saying, my analogy there is, is, Again, you're putting some money into your bank account, but we need that financial advisor or, or, or I'm not a good financial guy, but we need that person to say, hey, put this money in GameStop, which might be a short term thing, but you know, we're just going off the time. So if you're listening or watching to this you know, months from now and you don't know what GameStop is, that happens. Um, but if you're watching live, you're gonna know what that means. But the point is of, of again, taking those games and again, let's, whatever, however you got your extra thousand dollars, put in your bank account, say, Hey, I'm going to take 500 of that and invest it. And I'm going to get 8% on that for the next, you know, 20 years. And that's the best use of that money. That's kind of where I see us boring, uh, PT saying, Hey, let's do a few of these clamshells, do these glute bridges. Let's get you in the habit of breathing better. And these boring things that like, Oh, I didn't realize I'm taking 23,000 breaths a day. And they're all like up here. And that's what we're talking about is you're reinforcing that loop of pain and or dysfunction and again like then then back to that pain science debate i go into some of these chats and and some folks are like well all you're doing is scaring people and telling them they have all these dysfunctions so someone walks in they're saying i have shoulder pain and they're walking out with this list of like 20 things that's wrong with them so there's all these balances um and that's where again it continues to be this refining of a relationship that you have with the patient and a relation and 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 a which direction do we want to take this conversation? So yeah, so uh, takes me to our second point that that you kind of wanted to talk about of you are not your MRI. Um, so I think that again, in, in terms of pain science, uh, it's everyone's looking for that, oh, let me do an MRI. Okay, it says I have a torn labrum um, and that explains my pain. And un unfortunately, this or fortunately, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it, um, the science does not support that because uh, most imaging, and this is the research I'll bring up and then I'll let you rock with it, is shows that there's very little correlation between uh, degeneration or any kind of abnormality on imaging and there's very little correlation to pain uh, and what the actual function is of, of a human. So yeah, I think that uh, I'll let you run from there. Yeah, no, this is something I'm really passionate about because you know, uh, to this day, I have never, um, 
seen somebody who's gotten an x-ray or an image uh, of any kind that, you know, didn't say you're fine. You know, it never says you're fine. <laughs> it always says you got something somewhere, right? Whether that's even in the area you have pain or not, you know, who knows, but you're absolutely right. But like the, you know, there are some research studies now coming out, thankfully, you know, talking about, Hey, this shoulder hurts. And they take an, you know, MRI, x-ray, whatever the case is, find some degeneration, find some issues. The shoulder that doesn't hurt sometimes is even more messed up. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, uh, it's really important to understand that this is the, the image is a brief, brief moment in time, right? We have no idea of, you know, when this could have happened, right? You could have had degeneration in your shoulder since, you know, since you were 15, you're 60 years old, mm -hmm. you know, you're just feeling pain now, right? Yeah. And yeah. How, how do we, how do we get you functioning better? So you don't have pain. I'm never going to change the, the degeneration, but if, if I, you know, if you can live a healthy lifestyle for the rest of your life, who cares what they find on the autopsy? Right. Oh, wow. He had like horrible knee degeneration or shoulder. Right. Like I never had pain there. Yeah. And I'll add in uh, I I, a couple of the major uh, overseeing national organizations have actually uh, medical wise have actually requested that clinicians not use the term degenerative disc disease. Um, and that concept of degeneration, because it, it's very mentally uh, problematic <laughs> for the patient to hear degenerative. It's a scary word, um, but it's the and another analogy I'll use there is, is you know, oh, OK, I have, I have some wrinkles going on here. Does that mean there should be some pain here? Like it's degeneration uh, to some extent. Or if I have gray hairs or I'm balding or whatever it is, like those are signs of aging. Um, and again, they're considered normal. No one's like, or very rarely. Sometimes I look at folks and I'm like, I see a lot of grays going on. You're a pretty stressed out human being. Um, maybe we should have a conversation about some other things, but, um, but yeah, again, like they're, they're, it's about, again, the nuance, which we tend to lose, but, um, yeah, degenerative disc disease. Uh, I, I want to double down on the fact that if you have that diagnosis out there, if anyone's told you that, um, not only is it something that, again, it, it's, it's almost pushing on the bounds, and I'll be very careful in how I say this, but it's pushing on the bounds of being like uh, medical malpractice to, to, to use that language and to, to just put people out there. You're again doing more medicine. We're supposed to do no harm. So by saying you have degenerative disc disease and like, you know, good luck or take this medication, uh, that to me is doing more harm than good uh, versus saying, I want to figure out a way to empower you Yes, we did the imaging. And again, did we even need to do the imaging? That's another conversation. But we need to figure out how to go from, uh, you know, here's this. And again, I see a lot of uh, a lot of articles and I've been asked to editorialize and, and things through different blogs and, and, uh, and things like that. And uh, a lot of times I'm like, nobody's recommending that this person go and get stronger or this person move better. Um, it's like somebody who doesn't speak proper English. And we're like, we want to put them into the workforce, but they don't have all the proper tools. So like you need, you need a GED at a minimum to show that you have the basic competence to then go and work in even a McDonald's or whatever. Um, and so the same thing for movement, we need to look at your movement literacy and say, and that's our third point, I'm jumping ahead, pretty good transitions, not really, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, do you have, and, and is that the thing 
that we're talking about that's going to help you get empowered, get confidence, and then break through this degenerative disc disease concept by learning how to hinge better, learning how to squat better. So yeah, uh, we, that was the third point. So you were mentioning, um, yeah, moving better. And, and how do you incorporate that once somebody's done with an out of pain, it's not over, right? Okay, great. You hit that outcome. You want it to be out of pain. But yeah, how do you take folks through that next phase, that continuity, that maintenance or, or what have you? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that really separates, you know, us as, you know, um, cash based PTs, you know, from, from big box physical therapy clinics, right. In a big box clinic, not knocking them, there's a time and a place for them. But, you know, if your back hurts and you can now barely walk again for a half mile or whatever, that's considered a success in big box, you know, um, PT, right. Oh, cool. They can walk a little bit. They're good. Bye. You know, that's just a floor for me and and you, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that is just the beginning. I don't want right. to just see you be able to walk a little bit. I want to see you be able to walk through Disneyland again without mm-hmm. pain and 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 you know, play with your kids and lift and not be afraid to live life anymore. Right. You know, um and and so I think that's a real big dis- disconnect in healthcare right. and you know, you and I are definitely changing that, right? That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. So, so we get you, you know, we get you on a, on a thing. You're not seeing, you know, you're not seeing us one or two times a week or anything like that. Maybe it's just some wellness check-ins, right? You know, one or two times a month, but to make sure your movement literacy or like I call it movement hygiene, you know, is, is not only optimal, but the fact that you can keep accelerating beyond that, right? You, you are, squatting 20 pounds now you can squat 40 60 80 right right, right. it's um, funny i just wrote the word optimal on my little paper here right before you said it so we got there's something going on here um <laughs> so what i was going to say there and so this is the term capacity right but i'll go back to my financial analogy because i think that applies here of again the traditional model says hey you've lost your basic like you need whatever uh there is a number and i apologize for not knowing this of like the basic minimum uh, finances you need to live, right? So whatever, if it's $20,000 a year, and I think there is like an actual measure, I think it's somewhere in there. But let's say again, you're below that number by having this pain, you know, that's the that's the analogy, right? So now, okay, you're only at $10,000. Through the insurance model, we've gotten you back to $20,000. Right? And so you have the bare minimum to live, and to do your ADLs, but you're not thriving, it's not optimal. So that's where we come in and say, hey, like we want to get you to a hundred thousand dollars, right? Like, and we know how to do that, and that's that's the big difference again. And then I also use the uh, when people talk to me about blood work, right? So you know, for vitamin D is one I'm very familiar with D three specifically. Um, that's gotten a lot of press with COVID and everything. Um, it's one that most Americans, most humans in the world, again, even when I was in Dubai, where it's the desert and there's sunshine every day, and it's 120 degrees six months out of the year. Um, there's there they were all very most folks there are still very deficient in vitamin d because you're still covering up you're putting on sunblock uh and there needs to be a balance of at some point we're blocking out like nature and and it's not good for our bodies so without going down that path too much common versus normal uh, again i don't want to be in the normal range i want to be in the optimal range so when they tell me my vitamin d3 the normal range is like 20 to 50 right but they've shown that you know you're going to live longer, you're going to perform better if you're at like 60, 
right? So, you know, it's interesting. And again, somebody's at 21 and, and, you know, the doctor's like, okay, you're good. You're in, you're in the normal. It's like, you got so much more to go. Um, just like your lifting bit of capacity. So yeah, if you can squat with 20 pounds, is it important that we get you to squat with 200 pounds? Maybe, maybe not. Again, when I talk to women who, who want to be pregnant or have been pregnant and want to get pregnant again, or want to carry their babies, like you, if you have the capacity to carry 200 pounds, you know, if you're able to walk with it, like that's showing you have this physical fitness, that fitness to me and, I, and my whole brand is redefining what fitness means. So if we can say, you know, and, and get you towards performance and fitness again and redefining fitness so you can carry 200 pounds. Now when you're pregnant and you have extra weight on you, your legs are strong enough, your body is strong enough to handle that even better, to be more resilient, to be prepared for, you know, again, I'll take CrossFit's term of being prepared for the unknown and unknowable. Um, and, and But that is what fitness should be is you can do, you can walk into the gym and be like, hey, what are we doing today? Okay, we're going to jump rope and we're going to walk on our hands and we're going to do all this stuff. And it looks crazy. We're going to flip tires. And is that all necessary? No. But if we can put it together and continue to track your vitamin D levels, your, you know, your degenerative disc disease, all these different things that we're talking about, if we're moving all those things in the right direction and you are getting more confidence out of it, Matthew Perry of Friends, not Friends, no. Um, <laughs> um, can't Twice. I can't. <laughs> if it's from the same person, though, it's like uh, the count. I don't know. Not I don't know. About that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, I don't. I don't know if you have any any thoughts on that ramble I just went on, but but I, I mean that's I think where we're both very passionate and excited and and again like so yeah I, I guess I'm curious maybe this is where we take it unless you had some other thought you wanted to jump in with and I'm just cutting that off. But what types of measurements are you using? You're inside of a CrossFit gym, yes. Yeah, it's actually a functional fitness gym. Okay, um, we got we, we got do, rid of the name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so there's no was affiliate. That of racism? Like that. Was that because of the, the oh. whole <laughs> I know when everyone jumped ship? Yeah. No, no, I was uh it, it was never affiliated. Functional mm. fitness, it's always been, you know, uh the the owner of that gym, um, my practice is separate, although I work inside, uh never want to be constrained. You gotcha. know, never wanted to have to, to have to do stuff. You know, and you know, uh getting to your point, like is it important for every human being to be able to snatch 225 pounds? Um, probably not. You know, do we need basic overhead movements? Do we need to be able to lift some kind of weight overhead? Absolutely, right? Yeah, you um, might not need the 225 pounds, but be showing that basic uh, minimal capacity there. It, yes, it, that's optimal. Is yeah, again, if I can if I can snatch 45 pounds with an empty barbell, so to speak, um, and having the required you know, range of motion with my shoulders, with my hips, with my knees. Those are yes. all correlates to, again, a greater amount of fitness that should carry over to more health and being able to avoid the healthcare system. Oh, 100%, man. And, you know, I, I loved the uh, the uh, uh, thought of, of the person who wants to become pregnant, being able to carry, you know, 200 pounds, right? That is functional for that person, 100%, right. man. Because, you know, when you talk about torque and physics and all that kind of stuff, that's probably the extra load that's good and placed on the, uh, mm -hmm. you know, on the low back during that time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I, uh, I think if, if I'm understanding your question right about like metrics and stuff, you know, it is looking how you perform, not only in the, in the, the areas that you feel like you need to, but us 
thinking outside the box and getting you to other areas of functional fitness, right? Okay, cool. You can do a proper barbell deadlift. Well, what happens when I put you in a Romanian deadlift, right? Straight leg deadlift, you know, does it fall apart? Can you maintain it? Because that's, that's function, right? If I can put you in any position and you can maintain, you know, uh, your musculature, uh, without pain, we're good, you know? Yeah. Can you adapt to a strongman sandbag and find a way to do that? And that's the other part too, similar to what my analogy on the English language is, you know, it's hard to know every single word ever and the definition of it, but you know, you start to put pieces together and, uh, the better versed you are in general, you can then start to, again, be in different situations and like, Oh, I'm not sure what that word means, but I recognize that like placid, is a word that means you know calm and so when you say placidity like it, it might be a word i didn't understand initially but now i'm able to put those pieces together and and so then it again having this bigger vocabulary of movement um whether it's a flat back during a barbell deadlift and then again the adaptability to switch to a straight leg and all these different things most folks are so far from having those pieces together. And that's where, again, a, a system, functional fitness system, group classes, things like that certainly have moved the needle forward for a lot of folks in improving what, whatever we want to call it, fitness or movement literacy. Um, and so, you know, I think that's, that's the cool thing with what's been going on. And it's been very interesting to see how it's transferred to this online model that we've all kind of had to adapt to. And, and luckily for me, I've been doing that for a while. Um, <laughs> so ahead of the game. There you go. Yeah. So I've been doing that for a couple of years. And, and so it's been interesting to adapt to it and, and see where a lot of folks are trying to quickly pivot because they, they were forced to during COVID. Um, and, and again, you've, you've mostly stayed in person though, right? Yeah. Yep. I was fortunate enough, you know, with, uh, all the restrictions and stuff, physical therapy remained essential and uh, I was able to kind of do my thing. So, but the gym itself is not essential. Correct. The gym had Ironically. to move out. <laughs> I know, right? You know, and and going back, actually, maybe we get get full circle with the whole COVID thing, man. You know, with the vaccine thing being just a tool. Like, no one's talking about fitness, right? You know, no one's talking about fitness as as a, a great prognosticator to you know see if you're going to actually experience some real symptoms from COVID, right? Right. You know, we talk about the vaccine just trying to move past it you know mm -hmm. sorry that's probably for no 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 I, I think that's a huge and you know again like uh joe rogan being the bro ultimate bro or whatever that he gets the reputation of but he he i'll give him tons of credit because he's one of the few people who has a huge audience and is out there saying like no one and, and again, i don't know why the government and and dr fauci and and again uh you know all sorts of different whatever political stuff but at the end of the day why are we not saying like yeah like eat better, eat less inflammatory foods. Like we've seen this huge correlation between vitamin D3 and how it affects, you know, uh, if you're deficient in vitamin D3, that's gonna increase or mess up your survivor uh, rate of, of getting COVID. So, and then on top of that, yeah, like how, but that, that, that's the tricky thing too, is like, uh, how do we define fitness? And it is so far from, and this is my, why my brand is Fit Care, is if you care about your fitness, you can avoid healthcare. Um, you know, and, and so that's the whole thing. And, and so Joe Rogan's out there preaching, like, you know, eat better, sleep better, stress better, uh, you know, meditate, you know, there's these huge conversations about different drugs that uh, again, are allowing people to work past trauma 
Um, and it's, there's this taboo around drugs and things like that. That's taken us down all sorts of tangents. Um, but <laughs> you know, there's all sorts of books and podcasts that we could certainly, uh, refer you guys out to, but yeah, at the end of the day is, is how do we define fitness is still not agreed upon. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I'm sure if you and I went down that path, we could come up with a similar definition. Um, again, being in anywhere near a functional fitness space, I think it opens up what our definitions might be, but I think we've touched on it already of capacity. Like if you have more capacity, the ability to deadlift 200 pounds, and that's a very single like measure, but that's already showing me you have a lot more capacity. And so if you do, and that keeps you further away from disease on the other end of the spectrum. So more capacity, I'm doing the wrong thing with the camera here, but, um, for those watching, but, but more capacity, um, leads to more buffer similar to our, our financial analogy. If you have a million dollars in savings, yep. Yep. <laughs> but if you have a million dollars in savings and, and we saw this again, unfortunately play out in, in, in not analogy form, but in folks who, you know, got locked down during COVID and had whatever savings they had and they were no longer able to make money. And how long did you have to survive? So how much, uh, you know, how much savings do you have? That's where I try to analogize it to physical savings. If you have that capacity, if you have this ability to run a half marathon or whatever, um, you have a certain amount of, you know, vital capacity of, of lung capacity. So, and that's going to lower the longer you don't participate in, and, and push that kind of envelope. So I'm definitely rambling. I'll let you bring it back for us. So. <laughs> no, man. Uh, no, you, you hit, you hit some, some really good points, man. And, you know, um, I think the, the big take home message is, you know, like you need a team. If you want to move well, if you want to live long, you need a team. You know what I mean? LeBron James pays a whole lot of people a whole lot of money to make sure that he is still doing the things he needs to do, right? right. Nutrition, fitness, all that kind of stuff, right? We don't all need to, to do it to that, uh, uh, to that regard. But could he probably be pretty good and probably is still amazing without a team? Yeah, but he's way better with a team. And he's going to last longer. And we're seeing last a guy like Tom Brady who's – Playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, what is he like? 65, 70 now? 65 years old. Um, we're joking, of course, but it seems like it. But you know, uh, there's been statistics thrown out there, like yeah, again, some of these guys spend over a million dollars a year on their physical uh, health and their fitness. So obviously, they are coming into it. LeBron in high school, without all that, you know, was already a superstar, and everyone saw the talent and things like that. But then it's yeah, saying, how do I? take you from that and continue to, you know, can we, the normal career again for, for football players and the joke there, I don't know if you ever heard is NFL, not for long. Um, you know, so how do you remain longer in that sport, um, and perform at a high level? And, and so again, uh, you know, all the haters, I'm a Jets fan from New York. So, you know, Tom Brady's not my favorite person, but, uh, from a, human perspective from a human optimization performance perspective is one of the more interesting things we've seen. And, and I think we're going to see anytime soon. And this, again, I, I'm not trying to push this TB12 thing. I don't even still fully understand what it is, but I like some of the concepts that he's talking about, at least from what I've seen, he talks about pliability. And so again, if I'm going to, if, if the needs of my sport or I'm going to some 300 pound lineman is going to smash into me, um, you know, I want my body to be able to adjust to that, to adapt to that the same way. Again, if we're talking about another global pandemic coming in a lockdown, like how can I better prepare myself for 
uh, that to, you know, be able to adapt to something like that, um, where, you know, it's, it's easy to go online and start belly aching and, and yelling about the government and we should, you know, recall the governor and, and what have you, but like, are you taking care of your own stuff? What are we and personally doing, right? What are we personally doing? And, and what are we, do are we pushing the right message of again, like fitness, man, like fitness is do some pushups, do some squats, move better. Like you said, it, it requires a team. So that was the point you were, you were going off of. And for sure, um, no, but it, it's, yeah. it's, it's so, you know, important to have people like us in your corner. Right. And I'm not saying it has to be me. It has to be Bo. Um, you know, we have our, our specific skill sets, but having people who understand this stuff in your corner to keep you moving as long as humanly possible. Well, yeah. And, and when I start working with folks, I'm talking about changing your environment, changing your bedroom, little things that we don't even realize similar to when we talk, I, I'll go back to the financial analogy. Like when you get someone who understands finances and they look at, oh, you, this one credit card is draining like a hundred dollars out of your bank account for no reason every month. Like, did you not realize that? Like, you know, we need to clean that up. So the same thing for the movement side of things here, uh, we are coming at it with, um, whatchamacallit, we're coming at it with, uh, yeah, let's clean up your bedroom. Let's set it up so there's less lights. Let's set it up so the temperature is the right way. You're leaving money on the table. And again, you're, you're sleeping seven hours a night or what have you, but can we make that seven hours even better? So I use the Whoop here um, and it gives me a sleep score. And for those not familiar, it's tracking my, and there's many ways to track your sleep. I really like their algorithms and the way they figure stuff out. Um, but at the end of the day, again, if my sleep score is at 72% consistently, and then I change something, whether I'm taking magnesium or I'm taking a specific type of magnesium or I'm doing breathing exercises right before, and my sleep score now goes up to 75% or 80%, you know, that's, that's just money on the table. And again, when we think about that, even if it's a small thing on the face of it, uh, 7% every night for a full month that adds up significantly or for a year. Um, you know, th those are the things that I get caught up in and excited about. And I say like, yeah, if we just change these little things, you know, like just, just stop eating that one thing that's causing you to continue to be inflamed or continuing on the face of it till we talk about, let's circle it back to pain. Uh, when we talk about food stuff, which I work with a lot of people on too, is, is it's like, you know, my shoulder hurts. I understand that concept to some extent, um, you know, and what do I do about it? Now I'm asking Dr. Matthew Perry to fix it um, or, or, or what have you. When it comes to food, like we have that same capacity. It's just trickier of saying, hey, when I have Indian food, like that doesn't end well for me. Um, you know, so, so how do I put those pieces together of saying, again, when I do push-ups, my shoulder hurts the next day. Uh, we need to have somebody whether it's a team or, or again, a clinician to be able to say like, yeah, let's take a step back. You're busy. You have two kids. You have a full-time job. Like, let me show you what I'm talking about. Let me educate you and give you the confidence, give you the tools that we need to, to get you more, again, confident in your own body and be able to say, okay, cool. Like I'm taking care of all these little things. Just like with my car, I don't, I don't know how to maintain my car. I just know every 6,000 miles, I'm going to go take it to the shop. Um, and say, you know, do what you got to do. Do you got? And they'll say, oh, your brake pads are a little low. Do you want us to put new brake pads on? Okay, cool. Like, what's that going to cost? Okay, here. You, like, I trust you, mechanic, Subaru, whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, cool, man. Any uh, closing thoughts? Um, nah, man. You kind of hit the, <laughs> the the nail on the head. Several nails on several, several heads. Nails, um, yeah. yeah, man. You know, um, 
with with pain last kind of you know little nugget and and imaging and all that kind of stuff the the big thing and you you said it you know we can't correlate our pain to that imaging to mm -hmm. to a static image we can't right. jump to those conclusions just because it makes it, it does make logical sense but logical sense and anatomical sense and biological sense are completely different things <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah so that's yeah it. and and the research that i'm familiar with there is 72 percent of asymptomatic folks so if you grabbed 100 people on the street um and and you know you took you you did imaging of them they had no pain upon imaging 72 percent of them would have some kind of disc herniation disc uh degeneration uh and so then and you show those images to orthopedic surgeons and orthopedic surgeons and, and this has been done in the research and they show them the the mri the x-ray what have you and the surgeon's like yeah i, I need to operate on that and again they're like after, after the fact they're like well that person has no pain so you know why are you operating on that person and again it's our it's our system it's it's you know uh, people trying to do the right thing and being taught and it's these things where we're, we're falling into these like uh gaps of thinking uh and it's hard to again get everyone on the same page and again, it's hard to, like I was starting to say when I'm looking at other people's um, blogs or things like that, it's saying like, why are we, why, why are more people not pushing, again, physical therapy uh, or, or a movement specialist, even if it's a personal trainer, I think personal trainers get a little tricky because there's very little regulation in that system. But if you have a licensed physical therapist who has some expert in working with sports, orthopedics, like they should know what they're doing. And, and that should be at least a minimum of saying, like before we talk about your back pain, let's make sure whether it's with the team. And again, I'm all for, again, one thing that I get very often is, Hey, can you do the same, you know, uh, spinal adjustment that a chiropractor does? And we, yeah, poppity pops, uh, we can do it. And, but we do it for different reasons. Um, and I think again, maybe there's all sorts of marketing and stuff like that, that we can talk about, but coming back to all this, we talked about being educators and things like that. Uh, I'm going to bring myself off my own rant and ramble uh coming back to your statement of we want to put ourselves out of business that's what i titled this episode on 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 the uh thing going into it so i just i want you to drill on that a little bit because because you know again i think uh what is is it one year of working with us that you think that people are, are like you know depending on where they're coming from i guess but uh how much knowledge and things like that they have around the body but we want to be able to empower them to say you know come back to me for some maintenance you know, but, but, but at the same time, like you shouldn't need to see me every time you have back pain, like do some self care, do some self management. Um, and you know, when it gets to this threshold, maybe we need to have more of a conversation, but yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that? Um, being a mission, putting ourselves out of business. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, um, I'm fortunate enough in my practice, um, you know, I'm averaging for an acute bout of, uh, typically back pain, you know, getting people better to where they're not having the pain anymore in, you know, six to eight sessions. Right. So, um, this isn't a blanket for everybody. It's different. So don't, you know, <laughs> nail me the cross or anything, you know, on that, but the continuity stuff, I have people I've been working with for years, you know, um, you know, uh, one and a half, years, you know, I think maybe two years for my, you know, one of my longest people, you know, who, who I see, you know, once a month, you know, a couple times a month just to check in, you know, but that guy is 78 years old. Mm. That guy 
hiked Mount Baker last year. Mm-hmm. That guy hiked Mount Kilimanjaro the year before that. <laughs> right. You know, so so he's doing some um, some significant stuff and he values, you know, being healthy and moving optimally. Because like you said, Bo, I mean, like you're either getting, you know, you're, you're trying to see us so you don't have to go into the healthcare system again. Right. Last, right. You know, right. let's call it injury insurance. I'm not an insurance agent. Right. Injury right. insurance. Right. <laughs> trying to make sure that you don't get that injury. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, yeah, the language we've used in the past, preventative services, not very sexy, but, but, you know, that is what it is, is, uh, the working with us now. And again, it's always a little down to the nuts and bolts or the numbers of saying, you know, if you pay me $3,000 over the next six months, and I work with you one-on-one, uh, whether it's virtual or in person or, or, you know, more than that or less than that or whatever. But, but let's say that's the number, you know, $3,000, um, for someone might be a lot, but for some people, it's not that much, you know, people pay that for a triathlon. They pay that for one bicycle. Um, and that bicycle is only used like three times a year or what have you. Um, so, so in terms of numbers, um, you know, what is that worth to you? And we're, you know, I think generally we undercharge in our profession as PTs based on what we're able to provide. Cause, and I talked, uh, with a friend of mine who's in human resources and I say, Hey, like if I can help one of your 400 employees prevent a surgery, that's going to save you as a company, at least $50,000 plus the time lost. And again, there's all sorts of calculations. Again, if Matt here is, is, uh, you know, he's able to produce, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars worth of widgets in, in, in a month or a year, whatever it is, like, if I can save that time lost, like, why would you not pay me? Like the numbers are there. Um, it's, it's mind boggling that, you know, we accept so many of these things of, Oh, again, it's just common for me to feel knee pain. It's total knee replacement. Like, you know, seven of my friends who are, who are 45 already had knee replacements. It's just, it's just a normal part of aging. And I think that's what we're trying to fight against of saying it doesn't have to be, uh, we can push it way further back again, 78 year old going to climb Kilimanjaro. Like why not? You know, we, we have the capacity to do these things. It's just putting the pieces together and saying, again, give me the $3,000 not to be capitalistic or selfish or whatever, but like I, that's what I'm here for, uh, to help you be able to climb that mountain. <laughs> like, and, and so anyway, um, it's, it's an investment, right? It's not yeah. buying a new TV or a new car, right? A new car depreciates the second it gets off the lot. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's an investment into your future, into your health and well-being. And we all need to, um, you know, really should be valuing that more. For sure. And, and that's one other way that, uh, even when it comes to that chiropractic adjustment question, um, you know, I show folks how to create some of those adjustments themselves, how to, you know, pop your, you can realign your pelvis yourself by doing these muscle energy techniques and and all these little things. Um, so you don't need again to come to, you know, Oh man, my, my hips really bugging me. Like, can you give me a quick pop? It's like, no, just j- jump on the floor. You have the capacity. Do, and do your do exercises. Yeah, yeah, do your exercises. And, you know, if, if, it, if it gets worse than uh, whatever out of 10 or whatever the case right. is, then you come see me. But right. you should have the tools. If, if I feel like I'm doing my, my job right, you should now have the tools to treat yourself for that specific body part by the end of our time together. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you said the invest in your body. That's, uh, that's been a main theme of mine. I'm actually sending out my newsletter today if anyone wants to sign up there should be a link somewhere but on all my channels and links and all that 
but uh, yeah, investing and, and I, I'm going to make some jokes over to GameStop and all that, but um, you know, investing in your body really is all jokes aside, the, the, it's, it, we only get one body. Um, it's, you know, I was also recently reflecting on, uh, what it is that drugs me and, you know, my father died of a heart attack at 41. I'm 37 now, uh, reflecting on all that and, and, and seeing growing up like that very much put into perspective, people who die early, who are limited in capacity, become handicapped. And it's so preventable to me. It became so clear, like, oh, like if I don't drink and I don't smoke, like to the extent that this person did, uh, I can not have a heart attack at 41. Or if I, you know, just participate in, you know, things that are stretching out my knee in these different ways, like that's going to help me avoid a total knee replacement. So it's all very preventable. Alzheimer's, diabetes, all these things are so preventable. Um, you know, it's, it's a crazy, unfortunately it's gotten, you know, uh, since I was a kid, uh, I think I'm a little older than you, but, uh, <laughs> I'm, tw I'm having my 20 year high school reunion this year, which might all be virtual. I don't know what they're doing for it yet. But, uh, but the point is in the last 20 years, since I graduated high school and, and, and pursued this career, um, you know, things have gotten worse. Uh, surgeries have gone up the medical system, the healthcare system has gotten better and they're able to, you know, give us better surgeries and things like that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, no, there's still no increased, uh, put on. If you do these types of things, you're less likely to have surgery. So, and, and a lot of that's just our, our minds, I think of not, uh, you know, saying again, do this, do five minutes of this for the next month and you're less likely to have a surgery. It's like, I don't want to do that five minutes. Just, just, you guys have a pill for me, right? at the end of this thing. And, and so, and, you know, I don't want to pick on human uh, lizard brain, all that stuff, but it is what it is. And we're fighting that fight, man. We're going to fight, keep fighting that good fight. So if you guys are in the San Diego area, go see Dr. Matthew Perry. Uh, if you're in SoCal anywhere, go see the man himself. Um, I'm no longer going to be in SoCal. I have announced this on my Facebook. I'm moving to Colorado in Ooh. a few weeks. So I'll see you guys there. Um, excited for that move where it's a little stressful with all the packing and everything but anyway i'm excited um, for you man that's yeah. gonna be fun yeah i gotta give you a few of my books so i have a lighter load to uh to take with us but yeah we'll, we'll connect with that i'll drop it off after our quarantine here and uh anything else for the folks where can they find you best places to find you connect with you if they want yeah uh i'm on uh facebook instagram Auto Nest Therapies. That's A U T O hyphen N E S S Therapies. Again, that's committed to your autonomy, happiness, and wellness. Please reach out if you found some value from this. You know, I love interacting with people, love seeing how I can help and uh, give you guys my two cents. Awesome. And don't get him confused with the actor from Friends. The other one. I'm way cooler. Yeah. Chandler Bada Bing. <laughs> Anyway, all right, guys. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. All right, bro. Thanks for having me on, man.